Hello, and welcome to episode 94 of the Hypnosis for Humans podcast. I'm your host, Bill Gladwell, and this show is dedicated to giving tips, techniques, and real-life advice to help you build your communication skills, expand your comfort zone, and make you a better human being. In this episode, I received an email from a listener asking a few questions about my approach to hypnosis. I responded to his email and thought you might find my answers helpful. If you have any questions or comments, click on the link in the episode notes or contact me through my website at hypnosisforhumans.com. On my website, you may also purchase my books, hypnosis audio programs, and select services. Make sure to sign up for my newsletter, Tranced Out Tuesday. Enjoy the episode. I received an email from a listener asking a few questions about my approach to hypnosis. I responded to his email and thought you might find my answers helpful. Question 1. What is your foundation or basis for asserting that hypnosis is a change in an emotional state? I have been a hypnotist for 30 years. Over those 30 years, I have hypnotized countless humans, both overtly and covertly, conducted studies on the subject, and tested various theories that I postulated. As a result, I discovered what works and what doesn't, at least for me. There are unlimited methods to hypnotize humans, and I have concluded that changing emotional state is a necessary element independent of the method used. And with that said, I always welcome the opportunity to be proven wrong. That's how I grow and become more effective and efficient. If I discover a better working theory, I will begin using and teaching it. Question number two. A number of years back, a man named Fuentes wrote a couple of books for the pickup community. In those books, he suggested using language to evoke emotional states in females. While he did not seem to mention hypnosis, he was definitely suggesting a method to entrance or influence females. Did you get a chance to read any of his material? Did you test any of it out? Did you use similar technology when you helped men with relationship or dating problems? Every time you communicate with another human, you change their emotional state. During the process of changing emotional states, your conversation partner becomes suggestible. This means that you are able to influence them to adopt new ideas, take action, go on a date with you, get that birthday present you always wanted, and much more. I am not familiar with Fuentes but I would imagine he inflated the suggestibility factor when instructing his students. Most of the pickup community touted their ability to persuade women in their marketing material and books, but could not successfully demonstrate it in real life. There are no hypnotic words that will miraculously get a woman to go home with you. The key to appearing attractive to other humans is being confident and making others feel good. Focus on the human you are speaking with as if they are the most interesting individual on earth and genuinely care about what they are communicating to you. Question number three. Are there other more widely recognized hypnotists which seem to hold the same idea of linking changing emotions 
to change an emotional state, being equivalent to what is commonly called a hypnotic or trance state? I would start with Milton Erickson. Erickson was a psychiatrist who specialized in hypnosis. He was the founding president of the American Society of Clinical Hypnosis. Erickson states in two-level communication and the microdynamics of trance and suggestion. Whenever attention is fixated with a question or an experience of the amazing, the unusual, or anything that holds a person's interest, at such moments, people experience the common everyday trance and get that far away or blank look. Their eyes may actually close. Their bodies tend to become immobile, a form of catalepsy. Certain reflexes, for example, swallowing, respiration, etc., may be suppressed, and they seem momentarily oblivious to their surroundings until they have completed their inner search on the unconscious level for the new idea, response, or frames of reference that will restabilize their general reality orientation. We hypothesize that in everyday life, consciousness is in a continual state of flux between the general reality orientation and the momentarily microdynamics of trance. I recommend that you research Richard Bandler and John Grinder as well. Bandler and Grinder studied Erickson and codified his methods. Question number four. How would you respond to those who say that hypnosis or trance is not at all a state? I would agree. Hypnosis is not a noun. It is a verb. The three conditions of hypnosis, or trance, all of which are processes, are fixation of attention, the distraction of the conscious mind, and focus directed inward. To better illustrate this, remember a time when you found yourself fully immersed in an activity. This could have been reading a good book, watching a great film, or listening to fantastic music. During that time, your attention was focused on one thing, the book, the film, or the music. Your conscious mind was distracted. In other words, you were so into what you were doing, reading, watching, or listening, that you were unaware of what was going on around you. For example, I have stood next to one of my children and said their name multiple times while they played a video game, and they were not aware that I was speaking to them. You were in your head. You were creating the story from the book within your mind, virtually living what was happening in the movie, or not just hearing the music, but feeling it move through your body. Some humans see music. You may have even been transported to a specific moment in your life that the song is associated with. You can recognize someone experiencing trance. They tend to gaze off and have that far away or blank look, or they may even close their eyes. Their body tends to become relatively immobile. For example, things like swallowing, blinking, and breathing become slower. Humans in trance also seem momentarily unaware of their surroundings. Everyday life is in constant flux between external reality and momentary trance states. When humans are in trance, they set aside their critical minds and become more suggestible. In other words, they are easily influenced and are primed to accept new ideas and possibilities. Note that everything I explained 
is a process. Question number five. I am not at all thinking that you are incorrect in asserting that by changing someone else's emotional state, you have induced hypnosis. I adore the concept, really. But I want to be able first to explain it more fully to myself before I take it on board. I am also attempting to integrate the theory with other theories, which say that hypnosis, or the result of hypnosis as a process, is not a state at all. That the word itself is a nominalization when it is not used to refer to a process. So there are likely as many definitions of hypnosis as a state, none of which have reality. This is correct. Many different paths lead to the same destination. My philosophy is to adopt the easiest and quickest approach for my subjects and me. Thanks for listening to the Hypnosis for Humans podcast. Again, my name is Bill Gladwell, and I do want to hear from you with questions and comments. You can contact me through my website at hypnosisforhumans.com. Now get out there and be nice, my fellow humans.